Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. <laughs> Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Christina Eanes, the 2023 Vice President of Marketing and Communications. Hey, everyone. My name is Stephanie Hubka, and I am the 2023 Vice President of Membership and Outreach, as well as a member of the Pod Squad here at the Metro DC chapter of ATD. We also have Helena Hodges, Vice President of Finance and Operations, as our producer. For this episode, we are excited to interview Bonnie St. John. Welcome, Bonnie. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. I've been to ATD conferences over many years. Oh, that's great. Probably run into each other. Who knows? (laughs) Probably have. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, well, now before we get into our topic of micro resilience, can you share a little bit about your background with our listeners and viewers? It's a crazy story. I had my leg amputated when I was five years old due to a birth defect. The growth was stunted in my leg. And uh, I grew up in San Diego and I'm African-American. I'm black. So uh, to become a ski racer was not really what anyone would have predicted. If you met a little a black girl in San Diego. (laughs) And my family had no money either. Nobody in my family skied or anything. So it was totally crazy that I would end up being a skier. But I went with a group of amputees and it's actually a good sport for amputees. So I went up with a group of amputees, just fell in love with the sport. And within five years, I qualified five years of starting to ski. I qualified for the U.S. team and uh, represented the U.S. in Innsbruck, Austria. So I started skiing. I, I, I moved to a glacier in Oregon. I moved to train in Vermont. Uh, I got sponsors because my family had no money. I, I raised money. You know, I did all this stuff. And within a short period of time, I was on the team and then won silver and bronze medals for the U.S. Wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> crazy story. The one like oh black girl from San Diego who becomes a ski racer. <laughs> that's wow. one of my new favorite stories. Yes. I mean, that is, that's impressive. That's unbelievable. Well, and then I, I guess I should tell you the rest of my story too. So I, I went to work in the White House. I went to work on Wall Street. I started my own business over 20 years ago and have been doing training and, and leadership development ever since then. And I've written a number of books, one with my daughter. Um, the most recent one is Micro Resilience. Uh, but uh, anyway, we can talk more, but it's a crazy story. I love it. Well, and definititely requires, I mean, you're def- uh, positioning yourself as an expert in micro resilience. Oh, for without sure. question. Oh <laughs> yeah, my gosh, so I could have a better person. Too. I come by it honestly. I mean, I've had to be really resilient in my mm-hmm. life with um, having my leg amputated and different uh, jobs that I've been in, starting my own business and all those things. And so, yeah, I, uh, yeah. I definitely am resilient. I love it. Well, let's start then by level setting with what is micro resilience? And if you could include your your 5R uh, framework in there, that would be pretty cool. 
Thank you. So um, <laughs> it's micro resilience. It's it's about how to be resilient. And we we came up with the term micro resilient and, and then macro resilient to contrast from macro resilient. So what we put in the category of macro resilient are the normal things you do. You know, you got to get enough sleep, you got to exercise, you got to eat right, all the things we do to be healthy and resilient. So, but micro resilience are the little things that you can do to be more resilient immediately. You know, so the macro resilience things are things you have to do as a habit over time. You, you don't just get enough sleep one night. You've got to regularly get enough sleep and exercise, you know, you get So, but micro resilience is something that you can do right now to be more resilient, you know, an hour from now or today immediately. And so that's where we often can get a lot of return on investment because you know you should do the macro resilience things, you know, eat healthy, get sleep and all that. But the micro resilience things are uh, really interesting insights from research uh, about how we can um, make our, our, our mind, our body, uh, our attitude, everything bounce back quicker. Mm-hmm. So what are those, uh, five R's? Well, I know what they are, <laughs> but if you could let our viewers and listeners you, you can, know what the five R's are. You want. Cool. Okay. So refocus your brain, reset your primitive alarms, reframe your attitude, refresh your body. And I love it. Renew your spirit. Yeah, I just get goosebumps so saying that last one. Those are so good. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us more about, about them. It's well, the last one. You get so excited about the last one. Let's start with renew. And it's, um, you know, it's tapping into your sense of purpose to be more resilient, to refresh your energy. And that makes sense, right? Is, is especially in this group, right? Uh, people are very purpose driven. And so being able to tap into that sense of purpose can help you, uh, you know, bounce back quicker. I was a ski racer, right? We talked about that. And, you know, for me on one leg, I would be so exhausted sometimes. I, I went, moved to Colorado and I worked in a diner and I had to stand up for hours on, on my prosthesis, on my artificial leg, waiting tables for construction workers and stuff to, to try to have the money to be able to train to be a ski racer. And it was really hard, but tapping into my sense of purpose, you know, that I really wanted to be able to represent the United States and to, to show that I could be a ski racer, even though I was the, the girl with no money and one leg from San Diego. So, um, yeah, so tapping into my sense of purpose was really important, but, but, um, you know, all five areas, there's, there's our real sources of resilience. So, um, the first one is, is your mind is, is tapping into your mind as a source of resilience. And then, uh, tapping into your sense of your, well, the, the, um, physical one is like drinking water and just keeping your blood sugar more even keeps you more resilient. Those are really simple things there. She's drinking water. Chris is drinking water. I can see that. I can tell you. Um, and then staying positive is another source of resilience. And it sounds so simple, you know, Pollyanna, like stay positive, you know, but it, there's actually a lot of good research behind it too, is that Absolutely. when we can flip our attitude to the positive, it helps us to be more resilient and it kind of makes sense, but, but there's a lot of really good research behind it. So, um, so all those five areas are really important for resilience. And, um, in our book, micro resilience, we share a lot of the research behind that. Yeah, I, 
I, I think that what you've just shared is so important, especially in the context of work. And I'm really thinking about it as far as teams go, because needing to pull from a place that helps you to be resilient can often be really necessary in the day to day. I mean, we encounter challenges. We have difficult conversations. Just you hope every day is going to be easy, but not all of them are going to be. So I'm curious, especially given your background with leadership, what does it look like to bring micro resilience into, say, a team setting? What recommendations do you have about how you might be able to bring some of these ideas into conversations or give space to people so that they might be able to tap into where they're going to find what they need to get through you know, difficult moments at work? What a great question. And we've done this a lot. We've gone in to work with leaders and their teams and to help them uh, build habits is how we think of it, to be more resilient because it's so important to be able to uh, do that over time, right? And to be able to help each other. And it's great for leaders because... It's not about you always, you know, making other people be more resilient, but when you create the, the habits among your team, they help each other. They remind each other. They, they can really do it for themselves. And, and that's where, you know, as a leader, you really get a big payback because you're not trying to hold everybody up. You know, you can, you can get them doing it with each other. And that's great. Reminding each other. We often, um, encourage people to have a a kit of things that they can pull out when they need more resilience to help themselves and and be a tool. And then if you have a team of people that are uh, aware of this, then they can, you know, I can give you something to put in your kit for your resilience kit, you know, and say here, this, you can use this in your resilience kit. So it's, it's, uh, it's fun to do it as a team and really helpful to do it as a team. Oh yeah, that's support network. I well, and that. I one I love that your book provides a lot of those tools for the toolbox that you were mentioning. And one of the things, speaking of teams, um, well, and just people in general, right? That refocusing your brain. Uh, what was it, Kelly McGonigal's uh, research on um, stress? And it's not stress that gets to us; it's our perception of stress. So that very much reminds me of that. Do you have any um, suggestions for our listeners and viewers on? in that area in particular? We talk a lot in the book about multitasking is people think Mm -hmm. that you can make your brain be more resilient by doing two or three things at once. And what the science says is that that really doesn't help. And being able to focus more what you're doing actually is going to help you to be more resilient. So doing one thing at a time uh, and and not trying to to multitask actually can help you more. Now, sometimes you do need to multitask. Or if you're going to like watch TV and fold laundry, fine. The laundry's going to yeah. come out fine. You know, it's okay. Yeah. But if you're trying to do something that requires high quality or accuracy or, you know, innovation or something like that, you want to try to do one thing at a time. And that's that's really going to help you. Um, some other things too, for helping your brain is, um, not trying to hold everything in your head. Like right now, I just pulled out the book and I'm looking at the book, right? That's right. Brain can be more resilient because I'm actually using like training wheels or I call them braining wheels. Ooh, (laughs) I love that. Um, and exercise can really help your brain to perform better too. So there's a number of tips in, in the book on helping your brain to perform better, but those are a few. Mm. 
Well, I love that multitasking one. I mean, especially in today's world, you know, when people are online and they're trying to have a meeting and then they're doing all this other stuff. And, and they think they're they're saving time by doing 10 things not. at once, but it actually can slow you down. Studies show that it can actually take longer to do things when you keep switching yeah. tasks. Yeah, yeah, it can definitely start to frustrate you after a while as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it you never really have the focus you need to get anything done as well as you'd like to. So I think that's such a great tip. And I'd actually love to come back to where we started in a way. You had mentioned, you know, we're talking about micro resilience, but you'd also mentioned macro resilience. And mm. I'm wondering too, you know, kind of in the context of some of the ideas and tips that you've already shared, how does micro resilience help us as far as macro resilience is concerned? So if we're taking care of ourselves in these smaller ways, does that better position us to be resilient when it comes to some of these bigger, tougher challenges that we might experience? It definitely does. And so um, if you're doing macro resilience things, it helps you with micro resilience. And if you're doing mm. micro resilience things, it helps you with macro resilience. So there's, there's definitely feedback there. And, yeah. and so it's good. I just find that most people know what they should do when it comes to macro resilience. We know we should exercise. We don't always do it. We know <laughs> we can get enough sleep. We don't always do it, you know. So yeah. we know and we can try to be better at that. But the micro resilience to me is the real opportunity because they're little things, they're easy to do, mm -hmm. and, you know, it creates more feedback in the system. So the trouble with micro resilience is that it's easy to do, but it's also easy to forget to do. <laughs> right. You can set up reminders for yourself. Mm -hmm. I used to have um, things that would ping me on my phone to remind me to do things. But what happens is, like, if you do reminders for... Um, the the brain resilience for the for one month, and then you do reminders for the positivity one for the next month. You know you're going to build those habits, and so you can you can build it up over time. Mm. And it does take a while to build habits. I think yeah. that that's also something that's fair to to remind all of us about. It feels like these small things that we're doing should be, they should be natural. We should be doing them without reminding ourselves. But really it is that almost repetitive act of bringing them into our day, making them part of our day, using reminders. That helps us to start to build that almost a pattern that we just... Mm -hmm you know, kind of know to follow. So I love that as a strategy for, you, you know, helping put, us to incorporate it. Yeah. You can put yeah. reminders in your phone. You can get a buddy yeah. and say, Hey, we're going to meet up at, you know, three in the afternoon on Tuesdays and Thursdays and we'll swap ideas or, you know, whatever. So you, yeah, there's ways you can build it in so that it becomes a habit eventually over time. Yeah, yeah, I like the accountability Ooh. with that too. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and I, for two additional reasons, I love this. One, you get those quick wins that helps yeah. maintain that motivation, right? And two, these sound like uh, things that people can implement right away, uh, especially like in acute situations where maybe they're feeling a lot of stress or they're close to burnout or it's just overwhelm. Right, yeah. too much. And as a leader, you know, you can get your team together. Oh, you know what? I so wait. This is important to say. There's, I uh -huh. did a um a, a TED talk. Is it a TED talk? No, uh, <laughs> I'm losing my mind. I did a resilience <laughs> yeah. talk that's on the internet that's free, uh -huh. and so yeah. you can share that with your people. And, you know, if you just Google me and uh, resilience and micro resilience and TED Talk, 
um, then you can um, you can see that and share that with your people. And that will be helpful as a way to get them set up. And then if you did a virtual meeting where everybody could sort of share like, oh, this is what I'm going to do for more resilience, mm. then people can support each other in that too. And everybody's if everybody's got the same idea, then you can do it together. Oh, I love that. Hey, while we're idea. on that, uh, what are some other resources that you have for folks? Like how to get a hold of your book and maybe other resources going to your website, that kind of thing. Yeah, you can definitely get the book and, you know, wherever you buy books, Amazon or, or Barnes and Noble or whatever. Um, but you can also share with me on social media. If you, um, I'm on, um, what am I on? I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm on uh, Twitter. Uh, so if you connect with me on any of those uh, sites, I'm sharing tips for micro resilience on a regular basis too. Nice. Um, and yeah, if you just Google me on the internet too, I'm sure there's a lot of tips that I've given over time on uh, how to be more resilient. So yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. You just have to build the habits. It's like you build the muscles over time. Yeah. And for me, it, it took a while too, to really build. I understood the science because I had done all the research, but to build the habits into your life, you know, takes a little bit of time. Yeah, but it's it great to do it. You know, and not only can you do it at work, but you can do it with your family, even kids. I've done yeah. this with like after school programs with mm. kids and they love it. They get it. You know, doing a first aid kit for your attitude. They get that. Oh, I love it. <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. Oh my yes. gosh. First aid kit for your attitude. That is something I feel like many <laughs> of us need. What is that? I can see the light bulb go on over your head. What does that make me think of? What would you, what would you put in your first aid kit for your attitude? Oh my gosh. It? You know, the, I'll tell you the, the first thing I thought, you know, whenever anyone is in one of those really challenging conversations, you know, you, and you can feel your energy start to drain. Maybe it's a difficult oh. client conversation. Maybe it's, you know, an argument with a partner or something like that. One of your children you start to feel yourself draining. So it's like, what are these little things that you could do in that moment? You know, reframing the conversation, remembering that this person probably has your best interest and theirs in mind. They are trying to get to something. So are you remembering that this should be collaborative. It's these things instead of thinking, well, they must be against me. They just don't get it. They're not following <laughs> along. You know, how can you reframe that? That's where my brain just went. <laughs> Well, other things you can put in your first aid kit, though, are like thank you notes from people. So on a day when you feel like everybody is, you know, not appreciating you and and everything, you know, put in some thank you notes so you can go read those. Or um, a, a, somebody put in um, a sand, little bottles of sand from vacations, Aww. you know, in Aruba or Cayman Islands or whatever. Um, and don't just put it on your desk because then you stop seeing it. But if you yeah. put it in a drawer or or put photos of the bottles of sand in your phone, you know, somewhere, um, yeah. you know, you can have a virtual first date. You can have a virtual uh, joy kit, uh, mm. resilience kit, or and you can have a, uh, a physical one. But don't just leave it out because you'll stop seeing it. Yeah. It's very true. I have used smile folders in the past. You know, the fun little emails you get, the, yeah, the yeah, you know, things idea. like that. That is absolutely the same yeah. idea. Oh, that I like is that first title. aid for your attitude. I love yeah. it. Kudos. That's, Kudos folder. That's brilliant. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. I mean, what an incredible tip. And it, it almost makes me sad that I'm about to transition over to our rapid fire questions. Cause well, like, wait, one more, one more yeah. uh, that I want to share with everybody too. And this is something I do that I love is 
I have a um, a shared thing with the people I work with because we work mm. virtually. Everybody's in different places yeah. and people share special things like their kid's first day at school or uh, date night, uh, anniversary celebration, you know. So I get to see some of the things that inspire the people that work for me. Mm, um, yeah. and, and that's so inspiring to me too, right? Cool. Is to do those shared pictures, the shared photo album. Well, and what you're describing is connection. You know, mm-hmm. we want to feel connected to our colleagues and to the people in our lives and inviting them into those moments and then expressing appreciation for them. That's where those connections are built. I think that's a wonderful idea. Yeah. I mean, and it, so it's not just, oh, I see you at work and I hand you a memo, but yeah. I'm celebrating your, you know, what what's meaningful to you, too. Hmm. I I love that idea. Yeah. Wow, you have given us a lot of great ideas in such a short <laughs> amount of time. I this has been really fun, packed full. Yes. I, I I love it. I I'm like I said, a little sad to move into rapid fire. <laughs> although I'm also glad because we still have three questions for you, and okay. I'm excited Let's about your answers. So yeah, at the end of every episode, we ask these three rapid fire questions, sixty seconds or so to answer. It sounds like you're ready. If you're ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Let's do I've it. I've got your first one for you. So your first question, give us one book that everyone must read and why. Okay. So aside from micro resilience, yep. um, another book that I wrote was How Great Women Lead. And I wrote it with my daughter when she was in high school. She's now oh. older and, and out, of, out of college. But uh, it, it, How Great Women Lead was, uh, it was such a, it's, the book is an adventure, a mother daughter adventure, meeting great women leaders and, and interviewing them. And, and, and we didn't just call them up and interview them. We went there. And so it's, it's a oh, meeting. Wow. It's an experience. So it was such a special book to write. And so I would, I would say, let's share that book. I'm putting that on my must read list. I, and I love the fact that you wrote that with your daughter, especially at a point yeah. where she is probably preparing to experience leadership in brand new ways. So, I mean, what a great well, perspective. Really brought too. it to life for her too, that, mm. you know, a kid thinks about leadership and goes, oh, you know, boring. Mm. <laughs> but, um, but this really brought it to life and made it exciting for her. It was an adventure. I mm. can't wait to read it. Thank you for letting us know about that one. That's that's a great recommendation for sure. All right. Second question for you. What is one tool that you can't live without? And you can define that in any way you want. (laughs) I was going to say, a physical tool is my curling iron. I cannot live without. We need need that. But in terms of a non-physical tool, I would say the Zoom app. We have been living la vida Zoom, uh, especially during the pandemic. And, uh, you know, I started teaching virtually, uh, teaching leadership courses virtually uh, about five years ago. And it's just so liberating, you know, that I can be anywhere and my students can be anywhere. And uh, it's it's great. Right, so live in La Vida Zoom. <laughs> it's been a remarkable tool for a lot of us. I love that too. All right. We save our hardest question for last. So last question for you today. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? You know, I, I'm going to say it's that, you know, love your job and you'll never work a day in your life. Oh, and yeah. I left, you know, I worked for IBM. I worked in the White House. I worked on Wall Street. I did a lot of different things. But when I left and and started my own business doing training and uh, and leadership development, um, 
you know, I just love what I do so much. I love getting to talk to you guys. I, I love my students and my classes and uh, the people I work with. I have a number of trainers that I work with who work for me and, and teach in my courses with me. And, uh, you know, I just I'm really so passionate about learning, excuse me, learning and resilience and, and everything that um, I think that's good advice is love what you do and you'll never work a day in your life. Oh. It certainly shows for you. <laughs> you bring a lot of great energy to this. Yes. Oh, thank you, Bonnie, for joining us today and sharing your wisdom. Thank you. It's great to meet both of you. So thank fun. you for what you're pouring into the world. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, and of course, we want to thank our community for listening or watching. Before you go, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hodges. Are you a member of the Metro DC chapter of ATD? We have resources just for you. Go to dcatd.org and select the Members Only section of resources to access our digital library, member directory, and chapter documents. Would you like to be even more involved in our wonderful community? Go to dcatd.org and click on Volunteer to get started. 